Good day, ladies and gentlemen of Civ Classic. I am Worm Wizard, and this is Box Talk, where we talk about what's going on and talk to you. What did you think of our new intro here? I think it's great, and I thank Mr. Llama for creating it. He's a great musician and does great work, <coughs> even though he's pearled. Before we begin, I would like to thank our official sponsor for today's episode. He has the following message. Haven't you heard? NHS stands for Communist Russia. I completely agree, and we should think about the National Health Service and its goals. Thank you to our official sponsor for these inspiring words. Now let's get into things. First, we have a new segment here for Notes to the Editor. These are opinion pieces from fellow people of Civ Classic, whether reacting to a previous box talk or about other things going on in the server. The opinions from these submissions do not reflect the opinions and stances of Box Talk. Our first piece is written by TV Man. Here's what he has to say. Note to the editor, Gensokyo is full of weebs, what the fuck Civ Classics. Don't you realize that everyone in power is a weeb right now? Gensokyo is the Illuminati! Let me break it down for you, okay? Centralin is Chinese. That's basically Japanese, right guys? So obviously she has fallen for the charms of weebism and is corrupted. Now blue, blue, blue. That lad has fallen for Adabe, but pretends he hasn't. However, it is growing strong on him and he is expressing it under the pretense of Russia annexing Crimea. Now Leskia is obviously a smart boy. He does a smart job, so he is smart enough to recognize the superiority of anime on this community server. MTA has a mayor, of course, and who is the mayor? Ariman Isu himself. The Himmler of the Weeaboos, this one is, and he has planted himself right in the heart of freedom. You might have thought BG would be a bastion of hope, but alas, he has publicly showed respect not only for Gensokyo, but also anime. He is corrupted already. Comrade Nick is also on the way, too. Don't you see weebs exist across the world? Screen name, Mr. Miyazupi, Eddie, Callum, Orange, Frenzen, Maxopoly, Zavter, Santa, Hastity, Boozy J, Porty, just to name a few. This is not an invasion. It is an occupation. Gensokyo has already won. They control the rest of us using their weeb network of power whilst being harmless builders. Is there any form of humanity so low? Thank you, TV Man, for submitting to Box Talk. Do you agree or disagree with his message? Write about it in the comments on the subreddit thread. Another opinion piece was written by Bayes20. Here is what he said. Hello, everyone. I've noticed quite a bit of a firestorm from a few people about the unanimous decision by the South Shire Council about joining Yoaddle. Tonight, I would like to clear some of this controversy up from an anti-secession turned pro-secession viewpoint. Firstly, there's the misconception that the Constitution was repealed just to remove TV man's citizenship. Although there was an effort to get rid of his citizenship beforehand, the Constitution slowed down many aspects of South Shire before that incident. It was merely the extra degree needed to boil. Also, there's been a quite a bit of a debate about leaving the Commonwealth in the first place. While I myself was against the secession, I do understand the general populace's thought behind the issue, however. 
Southshire at the time had been at a record low in population. With the grand memory of our most active times behind us, everyone was desperate for new people in town. I hate to blame you, Otto, but there was a time when we were still quite active, yet they were stealing all of the new friends. That started a chain leading up to what could be compared to the death of Southshire. Eventually, a few people decided to make a settlement in Yoaddle, which drained almost half of the active player base remaining in them at that time quite small Southshire. And this is where the secessionist movement started. More and more time went into the Yoaddle settlement, named Barrow, and with that, Southshire fell under Yoaddle's influence. Eventually, Southshire seceded from the Commonwealth to join Yoaddle. Although some people might be able to debate it, I myself was astounded by just the sheer amount of new friends that joined Southshire immediately after this happened. It started growing and hasn't stopped. I'm so proud of how it's gone so far. However, a lot of people saw the secession as Southshire taking the easy way out. The Commonwealth had provided a good deal of infrastructure to Southshire, and when activity dipped, Southshire left. I still believe, though, that Sinzar had made the right decision. Southshire always had done its own thing and bringing back a player base we could have never believed of just weeks ago is now a very close possibility. Thanks for your time. What are your opinions? Do you agree with his defense on Southshire? I'd like to hear your thoughts. Let's jump into the news from the subreddit and what has been going on. I first wish to give an update in regards to Southern Block being pearled by Yoadle dealing with the Konigsberg situation. It was announced last Saturday, January 17th, that Yoadal lowered Southern Block's sentence to one week. There were negotiations on both sides, and it sounds like Dr. Oracle representing Yoadal was willing to work with Southern Block's party to come to a conclusion. For that, I believe the whole server wishes to thank Dr. Oracle, Southern Block, and all of Yoadal for reaching an agreement. Southern Block was charged with allegedly conspiring against Yoadal and also committing fraud. Southern Block argues that BG and Yoadal allegedly disrupted Konigsberg's sovereignty. Southern Block was released on Friday, February 2nd, and has moved north away from Yoadal. Another new segment we are now introducing is called Civ Classics Most Wanted where we bring up the bounties that are currently active. Our first bounty was posted by Program on January 30th. It is a 50 diamond bounty on each of the following. Rogranos, Silence P, and Past Just Pasta. They are charged with raiding in Mount Augusta, and some snitches provide evidence. It is important to note that they are most likely alt accounts for old friends on the server. They are considered dangerous and still active. If you have any information, contact a program at, or a Mount Augusta representative. Do you have any active bounties you would like broadcasted on the next episode of Box Talk and Civ Classics Most Wanted? Send a DM my way and let me know who it's from, who it's on, the amount of the bounty, and the causes. In other news... Leaders of Knox and Western Alliance sat down at the negotiating table to talk terms to end the war. The talks began with Poseidon representing Knox and Blue representing the Western Alliance. Poseidon approached TV Man, asking if the Order of the White Lotus would be interested in mediating a talk that could possibly end the war. 
Owl was more than interested, and they helped it get arranged. Each side represented their ideal end to stop the conflict. Lexington, representing Knox, said they would remove traps, bunkers, snitches from other claims, give groups to what the grief was on, and release all pearls. They accepted that they would be banned from the territories they were not welcome in. Hayaltland, representing the Western Alliance, wanted total surrender from the opposing forces. Hayaltland specified that total surrender would mean they would not free all of the pearls, and they would keep a specific list of who to keep. If you were to look at this list, it was a large amount of people from Knox. Centerland stepped in, saying if that was the list, then they would not accept the terms. Unfortunately, the talks did not last long after this. Topaz, a representative of the Order of the White Lotus, who assisted Lexington in the negotiations, said this really gives a large insight to why there is a stalemate. She understands why Lexington backed out, saying that they were told that over 90% of their players were not going to play again no matter what option they picked, since surrender and going down with the ship is about the same to the terms they made. Blue, representing Higaltland, made the argument that due to Knox's history, these players do not actually want to play. They're more interested in raiding. Neither side really wants to put effort into a vault break at the moment. This is why there is a stalemate. The speculation is when Essence is implemented with the 1.12 update, Knox will be at a huge disadvantage and will not be able to hold all the pearls they currently have. The fact is, them being willing to come to the negotiating table shows they are aware of this and wanted to see what offers there would be made. Since the offers were of total surrender, it sounds like this war will continue on. This does not mean negotiations are dead, however. Both sides said they will be willing to try again should better conditions present themselves. But in the meantime... The stalemate has lasted for over a month and will live on. What are your thoughts on this negotiation? Do you believe that the war is going to come to an end soon? Or do you believe there's more at play here? I would like to hear your thoughts in the comments on the subreddit thread. To transition into our feature, we have a special interview with Classic Rail. I'm excited to present this. Jijum and Nyordmir are here to talk about what Classic Rail is and the services it provide, and what they are looking forward to unveiling. This is some really exciting stuff, so sit down with some cookies and milk and take a listen. And here we have Jijum and Nyordmir uh, representing Classic Rail on the server. Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, pleasure. Hello, folks. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into it here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, what, how long have you been on this genre? And also, what are some accomplishments that you've been proud of? Uh, Jijum, you can go first. Yeah, so I've been joining Civcraft in 3.0 and been playing with Aquila since then, or like they're now called, Impasse. Um, when I joined, there was no world map for 3.0, so I made a world map that's also accessible online. Yeah, and since then I've been working on maps all the time, basically. And yeah, the most important maps are of course rail maps. 
So I've been mapping the various rails over the time. And yeah, so that's why I'm here, I guess. I see. All right. So are you currently uh, a citizen of Impasse? Yeah, I've been in a government position as well. But Impasse is inactive, so there's not much going on right now. I'm living in MTA at the moment because it's it's in a really nice position, in, in a central position in the rail network. Okay. Uh, New York, uh, NJ, you can go ahead. All right. Well, uh, I first started playing on Civcraft 2 uh, in Mount Augusta, and I was a judge of Mount Augusta at that point. Uh, later on, played Devoted 2, Devoted 3, Civcraft Worlds. In Civcraft Worlds, I was the mayor of Mount Augusta for a short stint. And um, and on here, I'm with TDC, uh, Tierra de Conciencera, which is our bilingual nation in the minus minus for Spanish speakers and English speakers. And I'm also splitting my time with Mount Augusta, where I have a building as well. So, uh, and uh, on Dev three, I headed up Mark, which was the Mount Augusta Rail Company. We we're responsible for one of the larger rail networks on that server. Uh, what would you say you have kind of brought to the table of the Civ, to the Civ, to the Civ genre? Uh, you mean as an organization or me as an individual? As an as an individual. Uh, I suppose even-handedness and a desire to stay out of drama. You know, mm -hmm. I've been called upon as a neutral arbitrator on several occasions because I tend not to involve myself too deeply with people's drama. That's not to say I haven't ever been involved with drama. But for the most part, I'm happy to uh, build, negotiate, strategize, and create spaces for collaboration rather than pushing players apart. So what is Classic Rail? How did it begin? Okay, well, I'll go ahead and take this one. Um, Classic Rail is an organization that's dedicated to creating a space where rail builders and cartographers, uh, media personalities such as yourself, and uh, diplomatic personnel from the various nations can come together and collaborate on rail projects, share information on rail projects, and we also publish standards. Uh, we have one published so far, it's the CR1 standard. Uh, which is basically a list of best practices for building a rail uh, that is designed to create higher efficiency and higher safety for the entire network. Uh, but I think it's worth noting that we were preceded by two other organizations that we are not necessarily affiliated with, but uh, tended to run in the same vein as us, which was CivRail and DevRail. And I think where we differ from them the most is that they were focused, to my knowledge, on actually building these networks. And Civ or Classic Rail has zero interest in building a server-wide rail network. Our interest is in facilitating the people who are already doing that, which is the various nations themselves. We're just providing a platform for people to collaborate. And GJUM was an obvious 
choice for me to collaborate with because he probably knows more about the rail network on classics than any other player who plays. So I see. So uh, as you just said, so instead of you being a part of the dirt as in like building the rails themselves to connect the server, you're just uh, helping other nations communicate to set up a standard to make it easier to connect. Right. And we absolutely participate in our own roles in our own nations in building rails. But as far as classic rail goes, our goal is to facilitate these communications. For example, somebody might build a rail in a part of the world that we're not from. And what classic rail does is it gives them the opportunity to share that information with GJUM or me. And we're able to either link other rails to it or GJUM is able to get that rail on the maps more easily without having to discover it. Uh, and that just streamlines the whole process and makes it more efficient. That's interesting. So uh, what is uh, Classic Rail trying to accomplish on the server? Like, what's its end goal? I think we were inspired by the CIC on 2.0 to some degree, and I know that we'll probably never live up to what that was. What is CIC? But, uh, it was the Carson Inner City. It was one of the most well-built longest most efficient rail lines that, that i can remember from the times that i've played uh but but the idea is basically to connect things together to connect people together because if people aren't connected on a server then it feels like you're playing by yourself and eventually people quit yes i'd agree um what are some ways you plan to accomplish this uh either of you can answer this hmm. Yeah, well, first of all, we are providing this platform, the Sifrates platform, for people to get together and talk about this. So, yeah, okay. so that people can get together and work on the project. Because... And I think, I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, Gijom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that some examples of how people might do that is damage reports, travel advisories, just simply updating us on the status of their projects. Uh, are there any ways that you plan to encourage nations to not only accept your standard, but to really build rails and connect them with the cur uh, current network? Uh, let me see here. So I, I think the, the best motivator for people accepting our standards would be if cartographers represent them in a different color on the maps. And the incentive behind this is that you can count on those rails to be built to a certain standard of safety and a certain standard of efficiency. So, you know, halfway down the rail, you're not going to run into an empty tunnel because you know that it's been inspected and it's been, uh, you know, certified as being built to these standards. So what are some of the services that Classic Rail does provide? So first of all, we are providing our platform on the Discord. Uh, I hope you can link the invite in like your recording wherever it's going to appear. Oh, yes, of course. So some things we are providing is um, travel advisories. So when you're planning to go on a road, you can look for emergencies that are emerging like when some rail is griefed or 
whatever else might come up, you can go there and be sure that your travel is going to be all right. Other things like um, project updates is for when you are working on a project and just want to tell other people how your progress is going or for other people who are looking for projects to work on that they can find those projects and together on them. Another thing is the certifications. Um, that's where you can read all about our certification, CR1. So you know how to plan your rail and how to build it so it can be certified. I see. And now that we're talking about the certification, CR1, uh, what what goes into the certification? What are the requirements for it? Uh, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and cover that particular yeah, topic. Cool. Uh, a lot of these ideas came from GJUM, myself, and then there was also a post at the end of Devoted 3 where we talked about what worked and what didn't in regards to building rails. And there are a lot of different ways to build rails and a lot of ways that work and a lot of ways that don't work. Something I learned last map was that you don't build rails on bedrock because you can't put gold blocks underneath the grief. Uh, you try to build them a little bit higher up. So we've been uh, in I've our standard one before. Yeah. In our standard, we suggest building the rails at Y12. I know some are built at Y11. The reason we say Y12 is because when you dig at Y12, you're one block above lava or yeah, you dig down to Y11 and then the track bed makes you at Y12. So if you're digging at Y11, then you won't dig into the side of any lava lakes, which means you can just run a bot for a particularly long rail uh, to dig that, that stretch out. Uh, or what I usually do is I'll run my bot and then I'll have another instance running and I'll mine next to my bot so that I can see if it gets stuck or something. Hmm. And... and then a few of the other things uh, to answer the original question, uh, size of the tunnel, um, also, light level shouldn't be below 7 because that allows the spawning of mobs. If it is below 7, uh, you can use techniques like uh, bottom slabs, which mobs can't spawn on. Mm -hmm. uh, holes in the ceilings and walls should be patched. Uh, the stopping mechanisms on the route should be AFKable or passable via some kind of macro. That way, if people have a very long distance to travel, you know, you can put a stapler on your mouse, you can turn on your macro, whatever you need to do, go do something else for 10, 15 minutes, come back and you'll be at your destination safely. And then also hiding the power mechanisms either underneath or at least securing them in a way that people can't just flip levers behind themselves as they go and essentially make the rail non-functional for anybody else. And so are there any, is there anything in the certification either about like reinforcing materials uh, or what to reinforce? You know, we haven't covered that exactly, but um, this certification is ongoing and we may refine it as time goes on. Uh, anything that's already certified or anything that's built now, we're not going to discredit it. Uh, we're going to grandfather stuff in if we change something that that messes up, uh, you know, a CR1 line that was built previously. 
but uh, we're also looking at potentially adding a certification for overground rails. And we've been talking to experts from various nations that have built these rails, trying to get their best practices and their ideas about what makes a good overland rail. That way we can share those ideas and those practices in our new certification with players who might be new to the server or who may not have built an overland rail before so that they can skip the learning process and build it to the highest standard right away. I see in the Discord that you're talking about Classic Rail. Um, I see that uh, we can only, only special roles are able to uh, make edits or post things like builders, cartographers, uh, media representatives or government representatives. Uh, what if a regular person sees something that should be in the in the damage report, for example? Some of those channels are accessible by anyone. Uh, mostly the channels that aren't accessible to everyone are things like project updates and project proposals. And there's reasons for that. For example, with project proposals, uh, if you're not willing to help build the rails, if you're not mapping them out, if you're not... Uh, you know, a diplomatic figure who's kind of negotiating routes between towns. If you're not willing to put in the work, then you shouldn't get a say in where it's routed necessarily. And we would love to have you join the team and put in the work and have some say with us. But I guess what we're trying to avoid there is just, you know, frivolous suggestions. Somebody else will do the work. Here's my ideas. You know, if you have ideas, you know, join us and make them into a reality because we're not a top-down organization necessarily. What we are is a collaboration and we want to collaborate with you. And, okay, that makes sense. What if somebody has a, like a project proposal, but they're not officially a member or don't know if they have the time to be able to become one? They can just contact us and tell us about their idea in the other channels. And when they seem interested enough in actually working on the project, then they get the, the role so they can access this channel and further organize their plans. Uh, with the cartographers, is there a way that you plan on implementing maps into this Discord? Or uh, what are some ways to do that? if not on Discord, the subreddit or something. Yeah, what we are doing currently is uh, when we are doing some planning, we can just post our plans on the uh, corresponding channels, like pictures of them, so others can see them. And other other rail maps, um, I'm, I'm actually working on upgrading the ccmap.github.io webpage, so you can and on there as well so we might change to that in the future and is there going to be a text channel uh dedicated to map visuals or anything like that well actually we have a section at the bottom of our discord called uh rail 34 and oh. the two sub channels are rail porn and map porn so uh there's a few terrible puns hidden around <laughs> But uh, but the idea is not just for this server, but just to share interesting Civ maps in general to gather mm -hmm. ideas from. And GJum does handle more the map side of things, so he would be able to tell you more about 
what's coming in that area and what plans, you know, there are. But um, as far as posting things or sharing things, that would be a great place to do it. Okay. And speaking of maps, what what is to come? Like, what are you working on as far as the maps go? Well, the main project I'm working on right now is, of course, the um, CC map, the online map. So that's been in the works for several months now, and I hope to be able to finish it sometime. Another thing is I'm building an in-game map, so you can hold, hold the map item in your hand and see whatever people have been drawing on it. And I'm drawing a map of the rails, so you can put it in an item frame and hang it on the wall on each station, for example. Ooh. It's, it's just something so you can see the map in-game and don't have to switch to your browser to plan your rail traveling. That's really cool. Uh, what are going to be some of the, what can you reveal are going to be some of the highlights of the CC map? Well, the main point of the update is to be able to edit things on the map. So it's not just one pre-configured map that you can view, but also that you can use for planning your things, sharing locations with others. And the idea is that you can also use it for private stuff, not just the public claims map that's been on defaulted for a while, hmm. but also when you have like you're planning a location for a bunker, for example, and don't want to share that with everyone, you can just share it to whoever you are working with on this project. And there's no online part to it. It's just sharing a file with other people that then can import it. And the great advantage of using the online map in, uh, opposed to just an image editor is that you can still use all the features of an online map, like zooming in and combining stuff from other people, which is difficult if they use a, a different resolution for their map images. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool feature. I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, when that comes out then. Uh, for building rails to, con to, to connect the server, uh, if somebody asks or a nation asks for this, uh, is there an option for Classic Rail to at least assist uh, the other, assist that nation to build the rail? Um, so we would, the, I, I guess the way this process would look would be that the diplomat or the mayor or king or other government official from that nation could come to our discord uh go to the role request channel and request a role as a uh diplomatic figure government and media figures mm -hmm. and once they're added they would have access to the project proposals channel and even if they don't they can always post in general a request for builders and you know we're not the only people working on these things right now i know for example that smith has some very large groups of new friends who are helping dig access rails at the moment and so i want to give a shout out to them for their work on the rail network and uh you know w what we're hoping to see is that groups of independent builders team up and form almost rail companies. So on Dev3, 
we had Mark, Mount Augusta Rail Company, and we had a map that had only our uh, rails on it, but we tied in with the bigger network as uh-huh. well, and we shared our map with the map makers who then mapped out the whole network. But those lines that we had built and we maintained, uh, they were essentially, uh, you know, they were our job. We would maintain them. We would uh, reroute them when necessary. We would close them if towns closed down and were no longer accessible. You know, we were the the caretakers for these rails. And I think the big benefit of not being an organization like the ones that came before us uh, that tries to build all the rails themselves is that the people who build the rails maintain ownership over those. And that sense of ownership is powerful. Even in a game, the sense of ownership gives them the opportunity to feel the accomplishment of having their own huge network, but still allows them to be part of the greater whole. And I think that's really the definition of collaboration. So what have been some obstacles classic rails have had to overcome? Uh, You can answer that. Yeah, that's kind of a difficult one. We're actually still relatively new as an organization. And I've honestly been somewhat surprised at how readily people took up the idea of a collaborative space like this. Uh, We've had involvement from a lot of different people, a lot of different nations. And, you know, we're not even sure all the projects that are happening right now. I can tell you really quickly about the projects that I'm focused on, which is currently upgrading the hits, the rail line from Yachtland all the way up to Impasse. There's a section between TDC and King's Landing or HGE Junction, uh, and that section is 90% CR1 compatible, so it's all lit up. The walls are reinforced. Uh, it's snitched. It's looking pretty good, and um, and it's double-tracked, and I'm hoping to extend that section down to MTA and eventually Westminster as well. There's currently a route running through there, but uh, it does have some holes in the walls and the ceiling, and uh, you know we're just trying to make it safer. So I would say that's representative of a project, but as far as challenges go, currently the biggest challenge is just gaining steam and getting things off the ground. And I guess manpower is our biggest challenge at the moment. So uh, manpower and getting access to materials. So I'm burning through picks like you wouldn't believe. And so are the rest of the, the rest of us. Uh, so if anybody wants to help dig or if anybody has materials to donate, and I have to give a, another shout out to Jason Board from Mount Augusta who graciously provided us with some picks to help with uh, the progress. Have you had any sort of competition or competitors uh, in this aspect uh, on Civ Classic so far? I don't think we did. Um, I don't think we're really competitive. True, true, because you're working with other groups. That makes sense. 
Yeah. The only thing that I might want to mention is um, that some nations are really not interested in international rails, so they are mostly adhering to their own standards. But I don't think that it's a problem because they are still putting a lot of work into their rails. And uh, ice roads, of course, I think. Uh, I mean, we don't necessarily have to view them as competition, though, do we? I, I wouldn't say so. They could definitely work together. All right, let's uh, move on to the last section here. Uh, we just have a few more questions. Uh, this is a bit more of a plug-in for you guys. Uh, what can a nation do to help you reach your goals? How can they make your job easier? So touching on the last point, once again, uh, uh, picks, XP to repair them, and more than anything else, we need manpower. We need nations who want rails to help build rails or send their new friends to help build rails. You know, we'll help out in whatever capacity we can, you know, between me, GJUM, specific language, uh, Godo, Rick, Edu, all the other people on our Discord. Uh, you know, there's a lot of experience there. Lucas Maps popped in today. He's an experienced rail builder from servers past. Uh, so I would say that we have an incredible amount of experience between us. And if we can help in some way, then we would love to do so. Uh, if we can advise in some way or provide you information to make your job easier, that's that's the idea here. And uh, you mentioned some materials that you would like donated, but as far as manpower goes, if an individual was interested in collaborating with Classic Rail or volunteering even, uh, wh what is the process to do so? What are some steps to get them in the right direction? It's easy. Just make a role request post as a rail builder. Uh, we may not add you on the first day, but, you know, after the first day of building with us, you're in, you know, and uh, you can bring some picks if you want. If not, you know, we'll try to grab you one out of our stash and, you know, dig along with us. Uh, if you're directionless on the server, if your whole town has left or something or moved away or been pearled, you know, and, you, and you're just looking for a project, you know, we're happy to have you. Uh, do you guys have an official headquarters of some sort? Not a physical headquarter, no, because it's mainly organizing people to work together on, on projects. And the material side is uh, covered by various amount of bots where we are just doing temporary camps with chests and factories. Yeah, that makes a We're lot considering of possibly adding uh, some more visible areas, so perhaps a place where people can leave donations for us. I think if we do do that, since both me and GJUM are based out of Mount Augusta, at least part of the time, uh, it would be in the bottom floor of my building in Mount Augusta. You can't miss it. It's on the big uh, traffic circle canal um, crossing right in the middle of town on the southeast corner. Are there any lines that are fully operational that people can use? There are many operational lines all over the map. Um, 
but most of them are really not in a fine state. They always have mobs on them, are not properly lit. Some are still in in a condition where they're being worked on, so they might be incomplete in some sections where people are actively working. But they are mostly already usable. Like there's a really huge network of raids already usable if you need to go anywhere on the map. Is there any way that people can find out which uh, networks are available if they wish to use them for very long travels to make it a bit easier? Well, I've been working on this in-game rail map a bit, and I hope to complete it in the next week or so. Uh, that will show all those uh, connections. Uh, for the time being, I've been posting updates on this map in the various channels on our Discord, so you can just open that image and look there for connections. All right, we have one last question here. Uh, why do you think we need rail lines connecting Civ Classic? Uh, what will be the positive and negative consequences once we are all connected as a server? I'd like to weigh in, but I'm going to go ahead and have GJum go first. Hmm. I don't really know what to say here. Okay, I'll go first then. Uh, so I think what that one of the biggest advantages and an advantage that I saw as a new friend on Civ 2.0 was really the exploration aspect. Part of Civ is discovery. And as a new friend on 2.0, I remember when I was first on my way to Mount Augusta, I had read all about Civ servers on the sub. And I was so afraid that somebody was going to pearl me just walking through the wilderness. And... <laughs> and when I got to Mount Augusta, I met some friendly people. And from there, I started to branch out further and further to the point where, you know, I had a little business in the market and I was making deliveries all over the server using these amazing rails that had been built prior to my arrival. So, you know, I would fill my inventory with things and set myself on the rail out to terminus or something, you know, it was, probably a 15, 20 minute rail ride, crazy long. But, uh, you know, I saw so many interesting places along those rails, some of them abandoned, some of them active. And, you know, if you hang out in your own town and that's the only place you ever go, you might as well be playing single player. So I think that in a way, a better rail network, a more well, uh, mapped out rail network are going to unify the server as a world rather than just a bunch of single player areas. Yeah, I couldn't find any better words to say that. Is there anything that you believe we should be wary of, uh, you know, once uh, we are connected? Well, obviously, bad people are going to use the rails as well as good people with good intention. So, like always, if your city isn't properly protected, uh, raids are just going to make it easier for raiders or enemies to come to your city. So you should protect it anyway. And by their nature, there's not really a way for us to effectively restrict access. Rails are open to everyone. Good people use rails, bad people 
uh, use Rails. And I think that's one of the reasons that Rails don't get griefed as often as other things on the server, like cities or so, is that even the bad guys use them to get around. And I'm okay with that. You know, it's part of the game. It's it's the way it is. And they're going to get around whether they ride the rails or not. So. That makes sense. But I would argue that the benefits definitely outweigh the disadvantages. I would agree. All right. Well, That's definitely the case. Thank you so much for both of you coming on here. I know not just myself, but many others will be uh, looking forward to keeping update on progress. And I hope in the near future or in the future, we will see a very well-connected server. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Box Talk. Did you like or dislike this episode? I'd like to hear about how I can improve. Next week, we will have Ganto of Nipple Rock on. This will be a more fun episode with talks of his experiences, adventures, and romances, and what has been going on around him. As always, I am Worm Wizard of Box Talk, signing off.